Harding Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves it the most, Luke Throop here, back in the saddle for another terrific Tuesday, friends. Torch Report 343, How China Wins. And I know that it's it's almost a sin to say it. It's a, it's a highly unpopular proposition, friends. I think it would be wise for us to consider the possibility that these Chinese commies are going to take over the world. <laughs> so brace yourself. Brace yourself. If one were to scan the headlines this morning, the impression received is that war with China is imminent. While there may be some truth to that, I ultimately believe, you know, this is really just smoke and mirrors. You know, it's it's meant to ratchet up the nervous uncertainty that keeps the public in a state of heightened suggestibility. And with that said, let's uh, let's keep in mind the poorly informed general public and check out the uh, the screenshot here from the Drudge Report this morning. Friends, it, please, no, it, if you're listening on a podcast platform, you have to go to thetorchreport.com to get all of the goodies and see this screenshot here. But Man, it's showing, you know, tracers firing and, you know, China's ready to fight. You know, there's been a rare carrier confrontation. There, confrontation. There's a showdown with the U.S. Navy. The state TV is showing war plans. And I think, man, I saw that. I said, wow, how is that for thrusting some impending doom? You know, I put the links to the articles that Drudge was linking to here. And I'm just going to read the headlines for you just to kind of show you how you know, they use copywriting or pop, you know, kind of the most catchy kind of clickbait. But here's the actual titles of the underlying articles. If you were to see that China ready to fight one, you know, the, the, the real title is China's military is ready to fight after drills near Taiwan. Red alert. Chinese state TV shows chilling Taiwan invasion blitz video as Beijing's forces practice sealing off the island. The U.S. Navy challenges Beijing in the South China Sea amid Taiwan drills. U.S. and Chinese aircraft carriers operating near Taiwan. Chinese carrier Shandong launched an launched 80 fighter missions in the weekend drills and the US is set to expand troop presence in Taiwan for training against the Chinese threat friends it all sounds very frightening doesn't it i mean come on you know jeez what's going to happen we're going to go to war with china oh no you know you got uh I believe it was Lindsey Graham out. I heard him on the radio. I think it was on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn Beck was playing a, a clip of it saying, Lindsey Graham was saying, oh, gosh, you know, we're, we're going to have to send some troops over there to, to, to defend tri- Taiwan. Really? Go ahead and hop on a plane, Mr. Graham. You know, go over there and, and defend Taiwan. It's just stupid, friends. Let me ask, you know, can the U.S. really afford a war with China right now? Is it really a wise idea to be beefing up American troops in yet another distant land? Isn't this just another example of the of Washington, D.C.'s MIC, military industrial complex, their imperialistic impulse? Isn't that it? I mean, I think it's actually more than that, but it just it just it's just it's stupid. <laughs> it's it's idiotic what's happening right now. Meanwhile. In other sectors of the global insanity, we find that 
the current sock puppet administration has supposedly been caught spying on Zelensky. Oh, my gosh. Who could imagine the U.S. deep state spying on the corrupt Ukrainian government? You know, and what are they doing with all these billions of dollars and all that kind of stuff? Who would have thought? Oh, gosh. You know, the audacity. Oh, you know. Meanwhile, the Russians have carved out a 45 mile long mega trench and they're inviting the Ukrainians to come out and play for some World War One style trench warfare also happening. The DOD mercenaries are doing uh, their dirty work. They've been contracted to do dirt, more dirty work over in Syria and the French president Emmanuel Macron. He's casting a China centric vision for the European Union that has received lavish praise from the Chinese Communist Party. This, friends, is all happening right now. And obviously, none of this bodes well for the future of America. And yet, life is still good. But here's the thing. Just like with Donald J. Trump, the media is using this hype as a distraction to run cover from things that are truly more important, mainly the global cabal's relentless advance of the one agenda to rule them all, the environmental agenda, all the ways in which they're working to enslave humanity in the great inescapable socialist surveillance state. And I suspect that the whole China narrative is going to continue to be hyped and positioned front and center to counterbalance the fact that the Ukrainian narrative is falling apart. And the China narrative also provides a convenient distraction from the recent revelations that the U.S. deep state was, in fact, responsible for the Baltic Sea bombings, as noted by yours truly back in September of 2022. So regardless of the fact that the U.S. deep state blew up uh, <laughs> Germany's oil supplier, Europe's oil, or the pipelines from Russia to, to the Europe anyway, that was an act of war, but this act of war is not going to get much press because, of course, it does not fit with the evil Russian tyrant narrative. True, uh, the truth is, or at least it appears to be, that the U.S. is still doing everything they can to provoke a war with someone, with anyone, you know, somewhere on the planet. It's like, we got to have a war. It seems like they really, really, really need a war. And the question naturally arises, well, why? Why does the U.S. Uh, deep state, why does the MIC, why does the sock puppet Biden administration keep pining for war and pushing the buttons and poking the bear and doing all this stuff? Why? Friends, let's just zoom out a little bit here. Zoop, you know, go way out for a second and try to frame it in the big picture. Think global democracy. Think sustainable development. Think the commie cabal. Okay, all of these things are coming to bear. Obviously, they're really what's you know the driving factors and the the parameters on what's going to happen right now. I honestly believe that the uh, the current administration, most especially the deep state and the unelected bureaucrats behind the scenes, they're presiding over the systematic destruction of America. Okay. It's, it's, it's speculation, but it's not speculation. And when I say that, there was three things that immediately came to mind, I think, that need to get pointed out here. Because the systematic destruction of America isn't going to be, I don't believe it's going to be a nuclear war, boom, and everything ends. Maybe. I mean, it's all possible. But I believe, first, 
that the systematic destruction of America is ultimately an assimilation into the global collective. It's it's a destruction of the American mindset that gives way to a conditioned cosmopolitan perspective. It's turning us all into global citizens. That's you know, first step in the destruction, systematic destruction of America. The second thing I want to point out is that the U.S. government isn't going to just disappear. Okay, it's not like one day we're going to wake up and all of our politicians are going to be Chinese. That's not it. Instead, the U.S. government is going to continue to purge the ranks of dissent and only hire people and promote people who accept the tenets of global collectivism. And you know, promote people who are dedicated to the progressive agenda. And we've been seeing this, this uh, institutional purging for, for quite a while, while now, especially in the ranks of the military, but in all of the, the full federal bureaucracy. The third thing that I want to point out here is that this transformation of consciousness and this restructuring of the government's mission is all contingent upon money. It takes money to run the massive propaganda campaigns, and it takes money to fund the various agencies like the EPA and the IRS and the FBI, etc., these agencies that are implementing this globalist agenda. And that has big implications for the economy. You see, they can't just destroy the economy all at once because then they can't fund all of these, you know, these different assets. Uh, I'm sorry, facets. They can't fund the different facets of the agenda. Does that make sense? You know, it's not going to just suddenly come collapsing down. I don't think that that's how it's going to go. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's going to happen like that. What's key to realize, I think, is that, you know, Instead of a catastrophic collapse, it's going to be that slow roll to insanity. It's going to be winning the battle of democracy, which, if you've been with me for a while, you know that is the first step in a communist revolution, is to elevate the working class and to win the battle of democracy. And to be honest, I think they've already won that battle of democracy. They've already convinced the majority of Americans by population that anyone who opposes the globalist agenda is a threat to democracy. And thus, now they've moved straight into the next step of consolidating state control and power. We're seeing that left and right. They just passed uh, the assault weapons ban in Washington state, all kinds of insanity being passed all over the place. And this is the consolidation of state control. And if, if uh, recent elections are any indication, you know, at this point, they have the necessary votes to proceed at their own pace, rolling out this agenda, this great reset. To say that our election system is in shambles would be an understatement. You know, they, they've won that battle. If they've won that battle of democracy, which I believe they have, you know, if there's one thing that's become clear, crystal clear in the last two election cycles, it's that it's that our elections are helplessly rigged and anyone with their eyes wide open has to realize that the chances of us being able to vote ourselves out of this mess are essentially zero. But but friends, don't don't get me wrong here. That does not mean that we should not at least try to vote these shysters out of office in 2024. So, yes, 
you know, our elections are helplessly rigged. Yes, they've won the battle of democracy and all this kind of stuff. Yes, they're consolidating state control and they're using the useful idiots to accomplish this. But we still have to try to vote them out in 2024. Just don't get your hopes up. You know, I think it would also be wise to start considering alternate options starting at the local level. And you have to kind of read between the lines on that one, you know, figure out because if things get messy, you're going to need to have a plan. Now, I want to circle back to the slow roll for a second because I believe the slow roll, that's what their plan is. There's no need to rush if success is inevitable, right? Does that make sense? Like if, if, if you have superior force and strategic advantage, then what's the point of pushing an open war? Per the art of war, the great Chinese philosophical work, the art of war, we had talked about that back in Torch Report 210, really getting into it. But I believe the Chinese are, are deploying these tactics from the art of war, and they, they are working to conquer America and, in fact, conquer the world without firing a shot. They want to capture our country, but keep it intact. Like I said, the government's not going to go away. It's still going to be the government. They're just going to have a bunch of communist sympathizers in the government. They're not at any rate. Now, they want to convince American citizens to adopt communist rule. Okay, it, it, it could be argued that they've already achieved that or they're very close to achieving that. At least to some degree, they've had a, a lot of success in this getting American citizens to adopt you know, communist mindset. And like I was saying in yesterday's report, Torch Report 342, the real red wave is the Chinese. You know, They've already formed a global alliance that is vastly superior to the United States. Uh, not just in terms of population and economic might and all of that, but in terms of natural resources. In other words, you know, the, the Chinese, they've convinced the BRICS, they convinced the WHO, they convinced the WEF, et cetera, et cetera, that they are the good guys. The Chinese have convinced the globalists that America is the hostile actor and that China is really the best role model for the world. And doesn't matter if I disagree or you disagree, much of the world believes them, especially the global NGOs and public-private partnerships who understand how communism works, the communist ideological subversion that allows them to hijack the minds of the public and consolidate power and control. And though many people may scoff at my saying so scoff away mighty scoffers you know i do believe this is a perfect example of communist mind control in action and again you know people you might think i'm crazy and that's just fine i'm willing to accept some criticism but communist mind control is a thing we have been warned about it for decades i've done a special report on it i got a stack of books on it you know all this kind of stuff it's there it's real Communist mind control is subtle and it's cunning and it works precisely because it disarms and conditions the human mind to accept their husbandry. Their centralized control doesn't feel like control when one has succumbed to the belief that fealty and submission boost social status and earn the moral badge of honor to be a good citizen, to be a good human. You know, one must simply accept 
the state's authority and their plans for the greater good. And then self-sacrifice becomes a natural and noble behavior. You see how it works, friends. And can we not observe in society today, American society, this this collective uh, urge to sacrifice self-sovereignty for the greater good. And I, I, to me, it's self-evident, but that's the reason. This is why I place so much emphasis on the need to talk to our neighbors and engage in the difficult conversations, precisely because it's subtle, it's cunning. People get you know, kind of caught up in these ideas. They think it's it's moral. They think that it's it's noble. They think we have to sacrifice and do our parts. And this is this is all part of being a good human and saving the planet. And if we don't talk to people about it and and help people wake up to these techniques and of course the overarching agenda, then we're screwed. <laughs> and of course, in the process, not only do we desperately need to help people wake up, we also need to sharpen our own wit in order to guard our own minds against the various strains of sneaky deception that are tugging at our attention in any given moment. If you think about it like this, friends, why not adopt some common sense gun control measures, right? I mean, oh man, kids are getting shot, innocent people are dying. Why not adopt some common sense gun control measures? How about, why not start transitioning to a more sustainable future. I mean, obviously, I mean, they're, they're, we're destroying the planet. There's all this pollution and it's just terrible. You know, this, the planet can't take much more. So why not start transitioning toward a more sustainable future? You know, doesn't that just make sense? Why not accept the fact that we are part of a global community. I mean, we're, we're so much more connected in the 21st century. You know, we have to accept that there are some big global problems and it does require global solutions that requires global consensus and global conformity and a global community from global citizens. You know, that they, why not accept the fact that we're part of a global community? Friends, it kind of sounds like did God really say you cannot eat from any tree in the garden? <laughs> you know, it should sound familiar. You know, it, though it sounds good, it, it's subtle, it's cunning, it's deceptive. Beware of the dialectical deception. The point here is this way of questioning intentionally wears down the will to resist. Why not adopt some common sense you know, gun control measures or, or why not start transitioning toward a more sustainable future? Why not accept the fact that we're part of a global community? You see how many, many people, especially more and more people over time are going to buy into it because it doesn't sound that bad. And gradually over time, as more and more people become convinced that centralized solutions are the most efficient and intelligent way to govern, the result is communism or in liberal speak, the result is global governance, and that's what they're working toward. As more and more people are conditioned and persuaded to think this way, there is then an increasing social pressure that drives the greater and greater conformity. And that that's really where we're at right now. We're right in the middle of that phase right now where uh, I'm, I'm a growing majority of the American population have bought into this, you know, global citizen, global community, global governance framework. And at some point, 
if it's not here now, it's coming soon. You know, the super majority of both the general public and the political class, they're all going to be on the same page. And at that point, when the general public and the political class are all on the same page, you know, with this global governance, then only the extremists would dare to dissent. Only the extremists would question the state's authority. And of course, those extremists, when they when they dissent and they question the state's authority, then they're threatening peace and stability they're threatening public health and safety and the very sanctity of democracy itself. Thus, citing the responsibility to protect the public from these threats, these extremists must be inevitably <laughs> dealt with. They have to be rounded up and reeducated. They must be, you know, dealt with because if, if you can't deal with these extremist threats, then, you know, there's no hope for the great socialist utopian fantasy, you know, but when they do deal with these threats, round them up, reeducate them, or just eradicate them, what's left then is a peaceful and inclusive society wherein everyone gets to benefit from the many blessings of having a benevolent ruling class. Their ability, the ruler's ability to monitor and control the narrative allows them to keep people safe from the dangers of disinformation and it allows them to make sure that our democracy doesn't devolve into a free-for-all hellscape, you know, meaning... You know, state sanctioned censorship, people can't speak their mind, they can't talk about political corruption, they can't point out the inconsistencies in the in the in the narratives and the stories and all of that kind of stuff. Now, by keeping tabs on everyone everywhere all the time, that's the great inescapable socialist surveillance state. Then the ruling class, benevolent as they may be, they can ensure a just and inclusive society that remains free from all those radical extremists who threaten stability. And they can make sure to protect this peace and stability by force, if necessary, because it's for the greater good. And friends... That day may not be far away. As far as I'm rounding people up and all that, that may not be far away. You know, our own government is in on the game. And if you have any doubt about it, just go read the Department of National Intelligence's full report. Global Governance 2025. We're at a critical junction. I put the link there in the article, friends. That said, I'm looking at the clock and I see that we're just about out of time. Actually, we're over time, you know. But please note, the future international system is singular in nature. And never forget that resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or the website. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this terrific Tuesday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.